Welcome to another episode of Majoring in the Miners podcast, a podcast where we talk about how the majority of people focus on the minor and insignificant things in life. Your hosts, as usual, Mahi and Louis. So, fake sponsors for today's episode are Flirts, the self folding shirts. Are you tired of folding your own shirt? Well, look no further than Flirts. If you're interested, we talk about flirts.com later in the podcast. All right, so. <laughs> We have two very special guests to us, uh, Sophie and Flavia, Sophie Smart and Flavia Messini. Um, they're both successful uh, personal trainers. They're women who have their own business in the fitness industry. Uh, I would like them to introduce themselves first, whoever wants to start, and then we're going to get into our main conversation. So yeah, guys, the floor is yours. Well, Sophie, you start. Not <laughs> thrown under the truck. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm Sophie. Hi. Um, so I, um, I got into the fitness industry uh, as a newly qualified PT nearly three years ago. Probably just over two and a half, nearly three years ago. And um, before that, I all of my sort of fitness slash daily activity involved um, my dance career. So I, I was a dancer before. Um, all the way from like age of four dancing on a Saturday all the way up through to sort of professional level I went to um, the Hammond School for Performing Arts up in uh, Chester uh, for three years um, I graduated uh, when I was like 19 and then I moved straight down to London where I did some freelance work for a bit what we basically call you know working for free getting experience um, and <laughs> finally got into a company just a, just a small company that uh, we toured the UK um, so like uh, performing sort of um, the classical ballets Swan Lake, Nutcracker, um, uh, Giselle, Sleeping Beauty all those kind of um, classics for about three years I was in the company um, after which I, uh, we, I left me and my husband left at the same time we weren't married then but we, we left the, the stage as it were nearly seven years ago and then I spent a good couple of years not knowing what the hell I wanted to do. Um, my idea of going to the gym, which actually was Charing Cross, that was my home gym. Um, so I, I, you know, my first experience of going into the gym was actually meeting Flappy on the top of the stairs. She welcomed <laughs> me with a big smile and a wave. Um, and, um, so yes, I was at Charing Cross Gym, the gym group, um, as my home gym. But I, for the first three years of going to the gym properly outside of the studio I'd probably just rock up in the morning do the odd ab class or hit class go on a treadmill stretch and go to work which now would be just sound horrific to be perfect <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my idea of hell oh um, hell yeah <laughs> um and then um and then yeah I, I qualified as a PT um like I say just just under three years ago and that's when I met these guys properly um, and and they brought me from the ground up really they they showed me the, the proper ways of training um built my business up from scratch uh, with nathaniel who was on last week's podcast um he is he's the the big the big sort of mind over over how i grew my business it was it was all sort of down to him really how i how i started um and then um and then from from there on upwards really that, that's my story <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> now it's my turn. <laughs> um, so I'm Flavia. Uh, I come from Rome. Um, and yeah, I started, my background is completely different. Uh, so I've basically done like a uni, like artistic painting. I have a master degree in uh, like 
museum stuff. Like I don't, I keep forgetting the name of the of my qualification in Ita in English. How it would sound. Um, so and then I moved to London, 2011, where I started to work. Uh, in different places first to learn the language and then I, I mean I started working for the manger <laughs> and then I started to work in museums uh, obviously my 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 journey into the fitness world has been through um, uh, martial arts much uh, well I would probably be like better off saying uh, combat sports because I started kickboxing uh, back at uni and it was something that I started for fun. But then as I moved to London, it was like it got more serious. And that what made me kind of change idea and change career. Um, so uh, as I moved to London, I just decided to, to do some MMA as well. So mixed martial arts, like cage fighting. Um, and that's when I decided, okay, I want to be doing this well like this or like being in the fitness industry or like combat sport environment for like like as a job so I basically quitted the job in museums that I had here and I started to like study as a personal trainer um, and yeah in the meantime I've started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and grappling as well to then like uh, basically leave MMA and give my like 100% on like to jiu-jitsu and uh and grappling so I, i've done a lot of competitions uh, and then uh while i was competing i became a, a fitness instructor first and then a personal trainer and then uh yeah and then i started it's like as soon as i qualified i started like 2015 i started in charing cross um and yes uh since then like obviously nathaniel as uh, sophie said helped me and mohan and sophie after uh, to build up our business uh yeah here we are five years later like um i'm at the moment like uh, a soft tissue therapy as well uh, so, well soft tissue therapist sorry <laughs> and uh yeah and there we go. That's me pretty much. I think I've said everything. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the introductions. And it's, I would be scared to get into a fight with you. <laughs> so as two successful uh, PTs and business owners, could you tell us some of the, the minor things that a lot of people focus on in your industry and in business in general? Good luck. I'll dive in straight there with, um, are, are we talking in general or are we talking uh, male, female, deviation? Uh, for now, male and female. I mean, for now, just in general. general. Yeah. General. I think, I mean, obviously, I, I have much less experience sort of time-wise than, than, than Flavia and Marhan. Um, but in terms of what I sort of see on the gym floor on a daily basis, not even just in my gym, but when I go to other gyms, uh, when I talk to other PTs, I, I did um, spend a stint at um, another gym as well within the gym group, but uh, well, actually I've spent um, some time in multiple other gym group sites. Um, and what I, what I generally see from a lot of PTs that are not, I don't want to say that they're struggling business-wise, but they, could, they have a lot more potential than they, than they currently have because they spend far too much energy, far too much time in, in trying to be, be a PT that does everything, I think. 
and it's it's rather than focusing on what they give value to and i know we've spoken well you guys have spoken about this on previous podcasts before but it's about knowing what your strength is not not saying you have to do that certain specialty like you have to class yourself as a i don't know strength specialist or a bodybuilding specialist or a or a mobility specialist but knowing what your strengths are and playing up to that strength rather than just being oh i can do this and i can do that and i can do this and not knowing what the hell they're doing yeah i think it's uh i mean obviously as you fresh qualified you kind of don't know what your path is in a way right so at so it's normal at first to kind of uh explore different options so that's something that is normal at the beginning to do but equally it's uh you have to put the hard work in in order to understand what it is that you really want to do and uh, as sophie said you have to be aware that you're not good at everything that you as a person you can add specific value to a specific target of people so uh, obviously at first you might not know which is the value that you can add to people which is fine but the only way to understand it is through work and work as in a lot of work which basically means uncomfortable like um the uh, working hours uh, like being like dealing with the uh, the no's that you receive from people um like being all day on a gym floor and just having gaps being super tired train on the at the same time and really that's that's the only way to understand what your special like what, what you can do and how you can add value to people and sometimes people don't accept that so you just they jump straight away oh not that they even jump they just try to do everything, whatever, but without putting the work in. So it's a bit, yeah, they're going to, at one point, they're going to get stuck. That that's what happens normally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to add my uh, opinion on this as well, because even though I wasn't asked, I have an opinion. I'm going to share it <laughs> anyways. And I think, because uh, uh, I want to bring attention to this as well as also understanding what you can do on the gym floor because one thing that i see is pts unfortunately because of this idea that we like status and we like that um, you know being that per person that people know and the, the availability of social media a lot of pts immediately just like try to divert their focus on social media and i've said this before there are like hundreds of people on the gym floor that they can talk to and instead of that they're trying to take a picture and like you know trying to that success overnight uh, and that kind of really hurts the, the, the fitness industry because one of the reasons I really wanted to have, especially you guys on the podcast is you both have a really su successful business and not much of it is online. Obviously, you might be trying to bring it online, but it's a really good example of how you can run a very successful business without even being online, right? That can come extra, like that can be the next step for either one of us. But sometimes people, because I get this, uh, I've gotten this a couple of times, like that people expect like, you know, a successful pe person to have like a following on Instagram, thousands of followers there or like a successful business owner, like, because it's just this instant gratification that's just become like we buy with our eyes. So people just think someone who has more followers is more successful or know, knows better or knows what they're talking about. Whereas we have gems like Flavia, gems like Sophie, who are like literally putting their head down, working and are like 
running these amazing businesses and they don't have to like shout, like put it out there in the world and show people like, oh, you know, look at my feathers, like, oh, I'm, I'm just so successful or, or like fake it. You can actually be a successful business person without having an online persona. So I think that online persona is a minor that people focus on as well. Yeah, I mean, I think because obviously social media is become like they, they are like the tools like that now people used to market themselves, uh, talk about themselves, sharing information, stuff like that. It's 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 a new tool. So and as a, as every tool that we use, we need to learn how to use it. And a lot of time, people just start from there. So people let's start having a business. They just say, well, okay, I have to be on social media. Even if they don't have necessarily anything to say, really, or to share, they just think, yeah, I'll be on social media. So, but I think the social media part, probably for the way I see it, it's, uh, it's, it's the end process of the work that, we, that I, said, I talked before. Like, you first work, you first know what you, how you can add value to people. Then you, you work to get to help people. Um, if, I mean, that's what I personally think that like, what, that's what drives me is to help people. Um, and then eventually when you find what you really want to say, then you can start sharing content. I think that's per my personal like, um, opinion. Uh, whereas people, they act the other way around. So they don't, they, they don't even start. They already are on Instagram uh, or whatever. Um, and they don't have anything to say really. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think on that on that note, I think something that I've realised lately, because um, obviously this year is the way that it is, and a lot you know we've had to adapt our businesses to basically be online to mm -hmm. either just continue our normal business, let alone build up new business. So I think for us in particular, we've all been focusing on our clients that we have at the moment and just retaining that that client base and helping mm -hmm. people from a distance, and it has to be online. Um, so this year has you know has brought to light how you can use social media to actually do that i think that's amazing but yeah. something that i've realized you know thinking about the whole social media for your business aspect side of things is that if you if you think about what ages we are i mean we're late 20s early 30s it's very much we're on that cusp where back yeah. in the day <laughs> back in the day when we were growing up as teenagers I mean, the first thing that came about was the first thing that's in my brain is, is it MySpace or like, you mm -hmm. know, MSN Messenger was like massive when I was like 14. I remember that. Um, but like Facebook didn't really become a thing where you post daily or post all the time until after I left school, really. Mm -hmm. So we were in that era of we, we weren't used to doing things to post them and then instantly post them on social media. I feel like now, even just the, if I meet someone that even just a year or two younger than me, I feel like when it comes to that kind of, that, that aspect, that social media aspect, you can see the massive divide because <laughs> it boggles my mind when you see people doing anything, and this is outside of the fitness world now as well, you, it could, this could be anything, this could be going to London Bridge to go and take a picture or mm -hmm. you know, when you, um, you we're on a walk around the common and people taking pictures of trees in the park and it's not to take a picture to capture the memory or because something's happening it's to take a picture for social media and I think there's a massive difference between and this now relates to the gym this is a there's a massive difference in 
training to then post it straight away on social media rather than your training then you like the social media yeah exactly there's two different things there's training for social media and then there's social media to put your training out there and i think knowing the difference between those two aspects is is huge because Mm -hmm. i mean marhan will know in particular the the people that i'm talking about now (laughs) as he laughs in the background um (laughs) that what really grinds my gears <laughs> and actually as you can tell and my voice is rising it makes me physically angry when you start seeing on social media where there's pts that are recording their clients why are they recording them because number one so say say for instance you, you see a post on social media oh uh, my client uh, just got them deadlifting for the first time this is amazing blah 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 okay great you've got your client deadlifting number one what you're doing is not a deadlift, so don't feel it's a deadlift. Number two, it's awful form. Like, they actually <laughs> hurt themselves. Number three, put your friggin' phone down so that you can actually coach your client to do it properly or whatever exercise you're actually doing. And that's what, it, it blows my mind how many PTs you see in the gym just standing about two, three metres away from their client uh, this is before social distancing, by the way. Three <laughs> 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 meters away, with their phone in their hand, looking at their client through the lens of their camera on their phone, not even just looking at their at their client. They're watching their phone rather than what their client's doing, and it just oh, it it makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> they were just ahead of times. They knew social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so building that up. <laughs> Thank you for all that info. Uh, so <laughs> that's a lot for people to die. I mean, it's a good thing we have an imaginary audience, but <laughs> uh, but uh, it seems that authenticity is a big problem with PTs these days, or probably business owners at large because of the whole digital transformation uh, sort of switch. So what tips would you give to up and coming PTs and even senior PTs on staying authentic, staying true to who they are while still reaching out to more and more people? Uh, I think that it's, a, it's important to understand why you're doing what you're doing. What, what's what's the, the drive that you have? Why, why you're doing like on a daily basis, you're training people. Um, I think at the end of the day, because everyone trains for different purposes, right? I started weight training because that would be like, like that would have helped me with my martial arts, with doing jujitsu and blah, 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 to become a better fight. And then, then it's been transformed into, I mean, if you, you can attach a lot of meanings to your training, right? Some people just uh, train to like as a sort of, um, uh, time where they they have for themselves and they just relax into it other people like to like to do it because they want to look good so there are so many different meanings and you have to to find your meaning and then put it out there to attract people that probably find your meaning useful for them as well and they can help them somehow i think that probably that's that that's what i would say maybe to put it in short maybe (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I, 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 would, I would stick with, yeah, just 
reminding yourself every time you get a new client or every time you do a session, reminding yourself why they're actually with you. Like, like Flavie said, if, if this is, if you, if you have a client who is working 60 hours a week in an office and just needs to get out of the office and have 45 minutes to themselves, they might not want to, you know, train to their one rep max today, or they might not want to push the weights hard. They might just want to come in have someone to talk to offload so you're basically being their therapist for 45 minutes while you make sure that their form is correct but <laughs> someone else might actually want to get stronger so it's not only do you have to kind of think about how you're going to program for them that day but you kind of have to remind yourself what their life is like and why they've got you as a pt because if, if you have if you have a client that is refusing to enjoy getting stronger they, they don't want to get stronger. They just want to lift a couple of light dumbbells and actually just move. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think just reminding yourself every session why, well, not even every session, but, you know, if, if, you, if you find that sort of that lag of energy, find, just remind yourself why that person is coming to you and just stick to that for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Mahi, you want to add anything to this, even though you weren't asked? <laughs> now that now that you ask um i think uh, and you can see this this is the idea of like kind of getting coached by the same person and like being in like we, we work together so we kind of influence each other so i'm going to repeat the same word and say the why is very important um at the end of the day uh, as both of like you know sophia and flavia valid points uh it it, it all comes down to uh, what you're doing and why you're doing and how you want to represent it. So authenticity, one more thing that we like to say is stick to your lane. Again, just do what you can do best and stick to that. And like you will attract people who are on the same wavelength. So yeah, actually to better answer your question is I had nothing else to add. I just regurgitated what they said. <laughs> Thank you. We plant your words. Yeah, we plant your words. That's all like I'm good for. Thank you for adding to the minor portion of this. <laughs> I gave an example. Exactly. Uh, so before we continue, uh, Sophie, Flavia, do you have like a bullet point sort of startup guide for up and coming PTs, like sort of in bullet point form or something that people can just see to help them focus on the key things they need to actually start up a PT business? Yeah, one, work. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you see, like, that. it, doesn't, it doesn't sound sexy, but <laughs> that's what it is. Literally, no, no, joking aside, no, work would be the number one. And don't be scared of receiving no. Mm. That's it. Yeah, because be that's, yeah, that's, mm. that's the, the biggest, I think that's the biggest uh, obstacle that people have in terms of growing the business having this fear of getting refused i mean because you but i mean yeah, i went through that as well when you think okay oh god this person said no he might say no maybe because i'm not good enough or because i don't have the answers or so it's nothing you have to learn that like it's not personal so mm -hmm. you're just like okay move on next and to the point that you becomes normal and then work again that's another yeah. bullet point. Maybe I forgot another one. <laughs> work. <laughs> work, 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 uh, wait, work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I would also add in on that, it, like, because I 100% agree, like the, you know, you might, as a new PT, you, you have to just be in your mindset of, right, this first month, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be at that gym from 6am till 8pm every day. I'm going to talk to as many people as I can. And I might get 10 rejections. I might do 10 free sessions and get one client out of it. But it's one more client. So that first month yeah. is going to be exhausting. But the harder you work in that first month, the, the quicker you're going to be able to balance everything out. So I think that's 100% correct. But also on top of that, and this is going to get me going again one more time. Sorry. <laughs> Stop me if I waffle too much. Um, <laughs> I think just being genuine. Because going back to the whole social media thing, I think, and, and, it, and it interlocks quite a lot with it, I think there's far too many people that try and... Oh, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep it to a to keep it yeah. far too many people that BS their way through stuff. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you, you might not have any experience as a PT, but you're a early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, whatever age you are, you've got life experience. So I think something that I realized um, through Marhan and Flavi and Nathaniel from, from what they coached me with, um, I, I then realized that, okay, I've got no necessarily, well, I haven't really got much gym experience, but this was when I very first started. I hadn't really picked up a barbell, can you believe that? Um, <laughs> um, but all my years of dancing, I've got so much experience in terms of the way the body moves and control and the actual, the not necessarily sort of um, anatomy in terms of what the muscles are called, but I know how the body works. So you, I used that to my advantage as much as I could in the first couple of months of, uh, that I PT'd. So when I went up to people to introduce myself and, and sort of talk to them, I related what they were doing in terms of movement and you can move better if you do this or I think that you've got the strength there you just need to know how to move better and, and, and things like that so it's no matter what background you have you've got some form of life experience to equate to but I think far too many people think I've got to make myself seem bigger than I am and I've got to, I've got to have this ulterior ego that's like super fit gym freak that actually they're probably going to go out there and give so much bad advice and end up just with no business at all because you can't retain clients. And, and I, yeah. unfortunately, when you're on social media, that's 10 times easier to do. The amount of rubbish that's out on social media from people that aren't even level three PT qualified yet, they might be doing their PT training, but that doesn't make them experienced and knowledgeable enough to then put that out on social media because anyone from the age of 16 up probably younger is probably seeing these posts and thinking that it's true and it's not and it's so and that's what again going back to social media that's how you can just sink down in that rabbit hole of thinking that you're achieving no no that's the wrong word thinking that you're reaching out to people or thinking that you're successful when actually it it's quite um uh superficial i think i think i think there is always an element of uh, i think what i would another bullet point apart from work <laughs> i think i would say probably even like being honest 
with people like that. I mean, there is so much that you can learn and there's always so much that you, you know. So there's always going to be an element of not knowing what's happening or what's best for the person. And it's okay. <laughs> I mean, and being honest with the person you have in front of you, because then if you're trying to make it up, the other person will understand. Well, maybe not, not consciously know it, but it will be perceived somehow from the body language, from the way you behave. So probably I would say even it's okay if you don't know. The most important thing is the intention you have. And be honest. You say, okay, maybe I don't know this, but I will look into it and I will research and I will be improving myself. And uh, next time I'll have the answer for it. And be honest with that. It's fine. And the people would actually appreciate you more for that because you're and not trying to, to say you're not trying to make things up you just be honest really yeah, and, and going on from that actually that leads perfectly to another bullet point that just popped into my brain is um something that uh nathaniel in particular always says but the four of us um i i feel uh, sort of um sort of embodied that perfectly in the fact of don't be a lone wolf so don't like in a gym environment, for instance, we're always training together. If there's other PTs on the gym floor that are free, we'll try and get them to train with us. Like we, we try and keep it as um, sort of, it sounds really sort of cliche and ooh, but learning together, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're better off learning from other PTs and exchanging information and referring other PTs as well. So like Flavi said, like, you know, if, if you don't know something, and you know another PT does, refer them to that PT and say, do you know what, I'm gonna go, either I'm gonna go and ask so-and-so because I know that they know, or if you've got 10 minutes, go over and talk to them, I'll introduce you. So like for instance, um, I, I do actually have a level three um, Swedish massage uh, qualification as well. So I, with a couple of my runners that have done um, either half marathons or marathons in the past, I've. I've offered them sort of a, sort of a post-run uh, massage to help alleviate any tension or any strain. Um, so I, I do massage to a certain extent. It's more for recovery and relaxation. But if I know that my clients are suffering any particular way, chronic pain, or if they've overworked or overstrained themselves, straight away, I either go and ask Flavi, I need your help because my client has this, this, and this. What do I do? And we will stand there, well, we'll, we'll, she'll spend about two hours with me going <laughs> so much, which she doesn't have to do, but she does. And likewise, if it's, if that continues, I will then refer my client to Flavi for a session. And we, we do that sort of, the four of us in particular do that all the time. If we know, if I know that Mahan knows more corrective work and I think that my client can um, benefit from that if I feel like my client's squat can get better with the corrective work that he does then I will say to them I will introduce you to Mahan and you guys can do a session together and he can show you a few things and I think having a greater um, circle of PTs that will do that I think that just I mean we've seen it happen at the gym that we're in it works you know we're getting more clients uh, ourselves our businesses are growing uh, because of that uh, they're getting more out of it because rather than having just one PT they've got multiple PTs and in general the environment in the gym gets so much better because everyone's everyone's talking to each other everyone's reaping the benefit of everyone's training and in the end you, you've got a larger sort of community <laughs> <laughs> hashtag community, hashtag community. <laughs>
yeah, it also increases retention. And I'm also going to give my bullet point before uh, uh, Luis asks, because I know he's going to ask. And my secret bullet point is sufficient amounts of caffeine. If you're starting, this is your secret recipe. You go to Pret. If you're in the UK or there's a place that has Pret, you go to Pret and ask for a red eye. That is a cup of espresso in filter coffee. You get three of those and you know what? You forget about not talking to people because you can't stop yourself from talking. And that'll be your last you. secret bullet point. Thank you, Mahan, for promoting Why not caffeine. Why scared them, though, with the high caffeine intake? Because you're okay, uh, going and shouting at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mahan, for, again, contributing to the minor side of things. You. You're welcome. We should have a jar for all the yeah. minor things. <laughs> Every then time Ma Mahan goes Mahan off rail. Mahan minus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Now, we, we, the main intent actually of this was to also showcase how, what advice you could give to up and coming women who are PTs or who are business owners in general and sort of what they should not be focusing on when starting up their business or the hurdles that they would face, if any, today. Oh my gosh, I'm scared, Mahan. <laughs> like, obviously, because it's a podcast, you can't see, but Mahan pulled a face. And I was like, yeah. Mahan, stop. <laughs> he, he was scared I was going to say something wrong. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you, Sophie, stop. Because I don't oh, know no. <laughs> um, I. It's a really hard question. I know, yeah. yeah. it is a real question. I think, like, think of it this way, because, uh, again, Lewis said it as well, because, like it or not, there will be some sort of differentiation between men and women, all right? So as women in the fitness industry and also the women who run their businesses, first of all, what are the major things that you would say women should focus on? Like, it shouldn't necessarily apply to women or men, but, like, you will have an insider's look. And also things that you might feel like they focus on that is not necessarily uh, targeted to, towards the growth. I, I think a major thing that I, I would pass pass on or, uh, you know, uh, verbalize <laughs> is um, focusing on the fact that it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, strength is is the number one thing you really want to focus on. And I'm not saying like, you know, barbell training and, and squat bench deadlift isn't for everyone, but it doesn't matter what form that strength aspect takes. I think strength and it is, it would, would be your number one kind of um, uh, focus, I think, because at the end of the day, everyone wants to get stronger. Like some people want to get stronger, but look better at the same time. Uh, some people want to, um, you know, just just look better, but to, to the look overall, stronger. Yeah, exactly, or or just stronger. But the overall thing is, rather than focusing on on aesthetics as a goal, I would try. I've always tried my hardest, to, whether it's men or women that I'm training, because I I have a very like I think well, Flavia and I have a fifty fifty you know client base. We've got men and women, you know, probably equal amounts of men to women that we train. But whoever I have, I kind of, and whatever they goal, whatever goal that they've got in their brain, I try and make them see the fact that 
whatever their goal is, if you focus on strength, everything else slips into place. So as you get stronger, you will gain muscle and you will feel better and you will probably, as long as your nutrition is on hand as well, you will look better and you will, your aesthetic goals will come with time. Um, but I think as females, I think, I think there, there's a larger portion of, I mean, you're probably going to say against this actually, but um, from, a, from a guy's point of view, but I, I feel like there's a larger portion of female um, new PTs that come into the industry and focus directly on aesthetics. And I think that's a surefire way to sort of crash and burn because in the long run, that's, it, it's a very, very hard um, aspect to handle. Aspect. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and I think for, for me, like, so going back to nearly three years ago when I was training to be a PT, um, I, I did my level three full time. I did my level two distance learning. So I just did it all on my own. But level three, I did the two week full time course, like course in the center in central London. And um, I, so the, I think there was about, oh God, about 20 of us in this group. And it was probably about 50, 50 men, uh, guys and girls. So it was about 10, 10, 10 men, 10 girls. Um, and I was shocked, right? So this was my very first um, insight into what the whole social media side of the fitness industry was like, because I swear to God, I was the only girl in that, in that group of girls out of 10 that wasn't stood there. When we went, had to do the practical aspect of the day, so in the afternoon and we went out on the gym floor and, did, and branched off into pairs and did one-to-one -one PT practice, I was the only girl in that group that didn't stand there for half an hour taking selfies. <laughs> I, I, I was mind blown. I, I was looking around the group thinking, they're wasting time. Why are you taking selfies and posting on social media when you should be learning because you're, you're here to qualify as a PT? And that shocked me. But then moving into, the, moving into the industry as a PT, as a brand new PT, I then realized that was just quite, unfortunately, that was quite normal to see men and women in the gym just taking selfies and not actually training. And unfortunately, as a new PT, I, I feel like it's a lot of the new PTs that focus on um, what their business should look like rather than actually focusing on what their business is right at the beginning. I think I might have deviated from the original question there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, like, I don't know, like, can you repeat the question again? Because I, 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 I got lost. Focusing on the minors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to say Lewis or Sarah? So basically, uh, what kind of tips or what, what are the challenges or what are the sort of the minor things that up and coming uh, women focus on when they start off being a PT? And what are the kind of challenges they face in general or the challenges you have faced as women? <laughs> so <laughs> I think, <laughs> this is really complex. I say, how should I make it like super, to make it simple? I think that it's important to understand Again, you have to reconnect to your why you're doing what you're doing. For me, aesthetic is like what well, is true that everyone normally like they go to the gym because they want to look better. 
normally that's the that's the like the probably the main reason why people go to the gym um for sophie and i like the reason the drive that, to, that drove us to the industry was different because she had a background as a dancer so she in a way it was movement-based performance expression for me it was more combat sport so like our our wives were different like why we started um and then and then it, it got transformed into something else that which is like mainly helping people to do the same kind of sort of similar path um so like it's important to understand what it is that like movement means for you what what's the meaning that you give to it and how it can benefit other people and that we and then something that is valid for both for, is true in my opinion for men and women because yeah it's like doing weight training can be that, that can it can lead to improving performances which is can be any sport really um or it can lead you to look better if that's your main driver you feel better in yourself so you can be a better person or it can be simply just a kind of a um distressing moment for you and regardless of the, what you're doing it's just a moment for you so what pretty much it so you have to find what it is that means for you first so that you can help people to reconnect on their reason why they're doing what they're doing um and help them in this journey really and then as it like so it's true that women have been they've been more connected to the aesthetic part of training and it's a bit because of the social media aspect of it like but that doesn't it, it's not wrong it's not wrong focusing on that but um it can be more than that so you can start off with that but then it can be more than that and i think it's up to you as a person as a woman to understand what is it that you want to give like what is it that you want to communicate to people and what it is the way that you want to help people and that aesthetic is not the only way i think yeah um, did i answer to the question <laughs> i don't know <laughs> sort of yeah um i'm gonna try to go a little bit, uh, you know, dig a little bit deeper and see, uh, ask as, because uh, I think, again, this, this could also come down to the environment that we have in our gym. So uh, like, you know, we, we don't really differentiate between like men and women. We're just trainers. Right? And our goal is to uh, add value to people. And I think that mindset of adding value to people just kind of changes the outlook that you have. But I want to know as women who run their own business, have you faced any prejudice or have you had any problems that like has come down to like someone being like, all right, I don't want to train this or do that. Or they don't want to listen to you because they assume something. Yeah. I, uh, yes, um, <laughs> I've, definitely. I've, I've had many occasions where um, I've seen uh, someone on the gym floor happen to be a guy um, that was say lifting something, um, I don't want to say wrong, obviously, but I basically, I'm, I'm stood on the gym floor. I'm looking out over at everybody, just, just making sure, uh, just being present on the gym floor. And you see something that you know that you could go and fix. So if someone's, say, deadlifting and you know that you can help fix their position, so I start walking up to them, say hello, say, oh, I've got a tip that might help increase your deadlift. Um, would you mind if I show you? And the amount of times that I've had, I've got, gone up to a guy and spoken to them and they've literally looked me up and down and gone, no, I'm all right, thanks. I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> and, I, and I walk away because I'm like, if, if, you know, like we said before, you know, if, if 
you go up to someone on the gym floor and, and they, they say no, they don't need any help, they don't want any help, that's fine, that's their decision. But it, it happens a lot more often when you go up to someone and you, you know it's because you're, it has happened a couple of times where I know it's because I'm a woman that they've said no. Um, and that, but you take that on, on this is any other sort of, I'm going to air quote this, rejection. <laughs> you know, we, like we said before, you, you're going to have people say that they don't want help or that they don't want a PT helping them. And that's, that's absolutely fine. That's their decision. Um, but it has happened a couple of times where I know it's because I'm a woman. Um, but then having said that, because they are members of the gym and obviously I PT there, um, when I've been then training my male clients, I've then seen the same people back in the gym and they're seeing, they're seeing you train male uh, clients. And then you can see them stop and watch and go and the realization in their brain, like, oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe she was just trying to help me, like, you know. But that's yeah, I think, yeah, it's quite common. Mm. It's like, it's really common. Like, um, yeah, yeah, you have to prove. I, th I feel like you almost have to prove more. Yeah, you have to kind of work harder to gain trust. Um, uh, and it happened, I mean, it, like, personally, like being always in the combat, well, always, like in the past 12 years. <coughs> let's not count the years <laughs> I'm young I'm still young um, and yeah whatever like odd years uh, in the combat sport environment uh, over there I found like a lot I mean I found a lot of myself like a lot of times like where I have to listen to people ah just like I don't know you, you can't do it you're just a woman like this this is what was right at the beginning um, so obviously that like was hard and uh, and obviously when you are you want to teach something related to combat combat techniques and stuff like that you have to wear 10 times harder to get, to get like to, to to be taken seriously uh it, it happened multiple times when i'm teaching like do you remember mahan when we were like that episode of the of the guy that we i was teaching mahan how to do some moves in brazilian jiu-jitsu and a guy woke up to us and say and asked mahan ah how long have you been doing jujitsu for? Like, and how, like, uh, I don't remember what other question. But he, he asked me how long that, I've been teaching it. And I was uh, like, been, ah, yeah, there we go. So yeah. he was assuming that he was the one who was teaching. And I was like, um, I, I am actually the teacher. <coughs> then a bit like the ego comes up a bit and he's just like, hey, you, man, <laughs> I am the teacher. <laughs> but, and you have to face like all the time or like when you're teaching a, a boxing class, like I had a lot of times uh, guys walking in the in the classroom uh, and then just go like in the studio I would better say um, just looking at me super disappointed because they were ex they would expect someone else to teach and then and then they unfortunately it sounds really harsh but the only way to make them understand what you what you're capable of is to like show and sometimes you have to show in a like harsh way as in okay, I'm going to hold the pads and I'm going to make you duck under and like slip the punch. And if you don't do it, oops, I've punched you <laughs> because I'm too fast for you. So <laughs> this is unfortunately the way you have to do sometimes. <laughs> mm. And that's when they start taking you seriously. <laughs> so, uh, um, 
I, I like that. So I'm not saying that. You, well, I'm not saying that you have to go and punch people, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's a disclaimer. <laughs> that's what I wrote down in my notes. The notes I was thinking is go and punch people. No, but that, I, I'm glad you guys said that. So now, as uh, obviously, because you have experienced that and you have made, like you know, again, you've decided what your why is. You know who you are as a business runner, no, no matter uh, a man or a woman. Uh, you guys have come to. Uh, kind of, you know how to deal with this, all right? So now, what would you say to a uh, a woman who started running their own business? Again, let's say in, in this case, because being a PT, like we are all PT, so we're going to bring that to the fitness industry. But in general, because you guys have kind of learned how to deal with this, but if someone who's new to this business and faces this reaction, you know, faces the fact that like someone's going to judge them based on their gender. What is your recommendation to them and how can they kind of uh, move past this and what, what lessons can they apply to themselves or what lessons have you learned that could be useful to such people? I think that it's a, it's a matter of going beyond the stereotypes um, and just like understand that you are more than a stereotype um, and just prove it. <laughs> I mean, and again, guess what? Through, guess what? Guess what? Work. <laughs> that's it he's always going back to that was, at the end of it yeah at the end of the day it's, it's just that because it's like people can think of you whatever they want because they can judge you according to what like how you look but then eventually is the, the the results are speaking for you you don't need to even reply to like you don't have to put effort in it if you just do it out of uh, who you are what you believe in you just like crush the stereotype and you're just gonna just go beyond them and you're gonna have the respect of people for that that's at least what i've experienced so far that i like I, i've always faced that thing of like that first wall of uh mm, but you don't know what you're talking about really and you're just like no i show no I, i'll talk it's not because i want to show you how much i know it's just i know that i can help then if you wanna or, or, or whatever like but if you decide, if you make a decision that you're just following the stereotype blindly, then it's, all your, it's your choice. But then most of the time, people would acknowledge that they're wrong. It, I mean, they might not say it, but like they, they change behavior. And that's the biggest win, I think. I was going to say, like, I think if, if you're someone, um, if you've got that goal in your head, and you refer it back to me, I just started pressing the PT business. I know that this is what I said goal, this is my goal. And no matter what people keep saying, even if they're like, oh yeah, but say for instance, um, they're like, oh, you can't train men. Um, like you're, you're, a, you're a five foot um, female PT. You can't train a guy and get a guy bigger and get him stronger. And it's just ignoring those, those comments and just focusing on what is my goal? What do I want to do? How badly do I want to achieve it? And just keep going. Because like Flavie said, once you've actually achieved that, your, your business then speaks for itself. And if, if anyone does come up to you and go up like, oh, well, you, what do you know? Just say, well, I've got, you know, I've got five clients that have just smashed out their PBs, getting stronger, and they've been training with me for multiple years. So, yeah. <laughs> and I, th I think that this is, this is true when you, I mean, it's, uh, it's what you said of is correct. And it's easier for us that we started. Mm, as yeah. you as you start as it because you don't have the experience to back things up with so yeah, i think that it's a matter of like literally you have to trust the process so if you believe that you can 
if you can help people. If you believe that, you have to give yourself time and you have to give yourself the permission of learning and just do what you best you can to to help the person you have in front. Um, and I think that like that will help you trusting the process, will help you just to endure in the moments where you face people that you're gonna who how what did you know? You just whatever, you you're just this. And and if you don't have the experience to to support the opposite, you have to literally just say, okay, well, fine. Not now I can't, I don't have the experience. I will prove you wrong. Oh, I will be, I will do my best to help and to learn and to, and just so that you can, yeah, you just have to enjoy in that moment and just trusting yourself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So great points, but let's say, as you said, so up and coming people, they may face difficulties. So what mental tips could you give them? to avoid facing that kind of rejection they would get in the beginning? I would, uh, sorry. No, no, go for it, go for it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I would honestly say find wherever, say you're in a, in a gym, <laughs> if you're brand new in that gym, find a group of people uh, that will help you develop. Find, find, some, find a group of other PTs or a group of mates or create an, a, a positive environment around you if you're like when i when i very first started at charing cross um nathaniel was my manager uh, or one of my managers and he took me under his wing but i i um started training with flabby marhan um, and another couple of pts in the gym as well and i became heavily involved in that group and it was a positive environment and very quickly i knew who to who to be around and who to um who to learn from because they were the type of people that could would build me up and 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 it has and i think the for me in particular it's my environment affects me hugely if i'm around negative people um as much as i try and stay away from them or try and and try and let try and block out that negativity it will seep in so I try, I, I stay away from the negativity as much as I can. And I try and put myself into a positive sort of learning environment. And then we all build up together. And I think that's a, for, for someone starting in any industry brand new. I think that's so important to be around people that will help build you up and help educate you and educate with you, I think. Flavia, you got anything? Flavia, you Oh. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Thank God that I was on mute because I swore <laughs> I used a bad word, so I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't realize I was on mute. Um, because in the meantime, I'm cooking, by the way. <laughs> kind of. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, no, um, I think the resilience, like the mental toughness that you have to develop, it's like, it's hard to coach in a way. Like, it's. Um, because basically, the, the, like how to, like you face the, like when people say no, and the best way to approach that is just not take it personally, okay? And that if you get 10 no's, it doesn't mean that you're done. So that's it, done. It's not even worth trying next time because I've got 10 no's. It's not that. And again, it comes to the trusting the process and keep doing it, even when everything seems that it goes wrong. 
Um, and that obviously that process entitles you to be really focused on what it is that you're doing wrong. So understanding what it is in the process that prevents you to get a yes. Uh, it's a constant self-reflecting, thinking about what you're doing and be willing to go through the nose and because you're going to get a yes, or you're going to get 10 yes at the end of the process. Uh, so yeah, you have to kind of be willing, but th this mental aspect, it goes a bit against the, probably the, the trend that there is now that is like everything has to be a quick fix. Like everything has to be super fast. Everything has to be super like, the results have to be now or before now um, because everything is much faster now. And unfortunately, this idea of working and the work takes time. It's a, it's the, it's a major concept that people forget about that if you want to create something big, it takes time to build it up and that's it really and you have to it obviously you have to go through a process of mistakes it doesn't mean that you're less worth it it means that you're doing something that probably not the optimal way you have to find the best way to do it and then you repeat and you try out you get it wrong you, you try different things you might you get yes okay good that works so repeat that and just going on and on and on and still today i mean like even i've been almost six years like yeah a pity for almost six years but i still get it wrong it's not that now i get so much like yeah everything is a yes no it's just that it will become better better like understanding your the, the way you can approach people the best ways you can influence people in a way and blah 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 and it, but still today i i get no so it's fine <laughs> uh i have one last question and that is, so I agree, like I think women and uh, men and women, we both have different ticks, right? like it, we, we are different, all right? I say level the playing field and then let people play their own game, all right? But the problem arises when like one of them is playing in the mud and the other one's playing on the asphalt, all right? So from that concept, leveling the playing field, do you think women are facing any disadvantages on the, uh, like in the fitness industry how can we make, how can we create a level, level, like how can we level the playing field or is there a need for that at all? I actually think it's becoming easier now in terms of the level, level play. I think it's become more, uh, a little bit more popular in the idea that men and women can train at the same time together, similarly, same style, like females can strength train and power lift just the same as men can. I, th I think in terms of that, it, on, on one hand, it is, it is now actually more level than possibly ever before. But then on the other hand, I feel like, I feel like some, of the, some of the fitness industry is, is actually killing it, killing it slightly by, I mean, okay, so in terms of, anyone that wants to specialize their PT business for men and women only, that, that's fine. If that's, that's how they specialize, like, you know, everyone's got their own sort of um, their, their lane, you know, we talk about sticking in their lanes. If you want to focus on training women or focus on training men, doesn't matter. But when it gets to the point that that then becomes like, a, uh, how am I trying to word this? I think the idea of um, the way that, that females can train only one way um, or train differently to men. I, I think I'm going off on a tangent here, sorry. 
No, I think I'll go, go back to my original sort of what I said there. I think I think it is becoming more so now than ever that men and women do train the same. I think from, from my personal opinion, I think what I'm seeing in the fitness industry is more and more um, females training as hard as men and vice versa in, in different, different respects. Uh, I think in this sense, is like probably it's important to acknowledge that, yes, we're different. And actually, we discussed already about it. We're different, and um, we, but like we can add different nuances to different shades to the same thing. So that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. They're just different, and acknowledging the differences and that there are sometimes one way might be better in a specific moment for a specific person over other. It's fine, but it's not. There's no absolutes. There's not. This is better. This is the best, and that's it. This is the best approach. And because, for example, like one of the, if if you want to put it like in like super general, right? In like generically speaking, men when they train clients, they tend to be. This is again generically speaking, and not everyone, but generally speaking, tend to be more assertive. Push, 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 push. Okay. Whereas women tend to be a little bit more. They play the long term game more. So they try to put like, yeah, the like push bar, like to be a bit more, okay, let's, if you see that the technique is going a little bit off, let's keep it like, let's stop here. And we, next time we're going to do it in this way. So they tend to play a slightly different strategy, right? So um, sometimes being one way over the other, like uh, might be good, but sometimes in other cases, it might be better to use one approach over the other if it makes sense. I don't know if I've, I've been clear on that point, but like, so if I have to train an athlete, a guy who's like driven by performance, I can't treat him like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe, okay, stop here. Maybe we're going to do it next time. The person wants to be pushed. Okay. And that, in that perspective, probably a bit more assertive, having kind of a bit more male tra trait might be more appropriate, obviously, ob but obviously always taking like making sure that the safety is there but anyway like but being more assertive can be a bit more uh, uh it, it might be better for that specific person but for if you use this method with like a woman who's working in the office um and is doing a nine to five job but he wants to look better if you use exactly the same approach that doesn't work for her so maybe you might you have to might like you have to try to live to to turn and try to be a little bit more gentle and having a more feminine approach to the training. But doesn't mean that, that they train less. They still may reach the intensity by on a different, in a different way. So I think it's, it's a matter of understanding, modulate, uh, and understanding what, is your, what it is that your natural tendency is and acknowledge where the limits are and then where the strengths are and just trying to apply both according to the person you have in front uh, and not trying to prove that you are the best or your approach is the best it's just it's just different and we need to acknowledge it and then yeah just at the end it's always a matter of trying to understand who you have in front how you can add value to that person it's not about you it's about the person that you're trying to help so that's that's I think the approach that it's it goes beyond the gender I think and I, I think as well like going on from that point that's where experience 
as a PT, the more that the more experience you have, the more you can, or not even just more experience, but the more you understand again what you said, why you're why you're PTing that person or who you have in front of you, like on a personal level, you'll be able to push every single one of your clients differently exactly. on how they are on the day. So your your job as a PT isn't just to go in and make them do certain exercises. It's to stand there, watch them, see how they respond. They might be having a good day. They might be having a bad day, whether it's a male or female. One day they might be able to train super hard and the next they might have absolutely nothing in the tank and just need to go through the motions. So, and that's, and that's whether you're male or female, you'll, you, you'll get those, those, you have to have a look at them on the day and see, see how they respond. And that's where that one-to-one -one aspect is so important. And like I say, it's not just experience. It gives you that kind of, um, that awareness. It's, it's being a people person and, and being fully involved in what you're doing in that session, looking at them and meet and seeing how they respond and just working from that. So. so so actually you can kind of tie all this into Nathan's way of looking at things uh, where it's about adding value so mm -hmm. basically instead of focusing on gender it's about doing the work adding value modulating uh, personalizing based on that person not uh, their gender or their sort of uh, like we should move away from a gender focus and just move it to a more personalized approach. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, exactly. The bullet point. No, but the thing is that because at the end of the day, it's not about UPT. It's about the client that you're trying to help. So, so regardless who the person you have, like he is the, the person you have in front of you is. I mean, you, you just speak. You you have, you have, you have, you are a human being that has needs that you might have different needs and that's where it comes to understanding like okay how can i add value i think i'm good at this if you have in front of you someone that it's like need, needs an approach that is not is complete completely alien to you you have to put your ego on the side to say this is not the kind for me <laughs> and this person because i'm not going to be able to help this person so it's it's just about that it's about the client it's about the person that you want to help and that goes beyond gender yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent. what you said about putting your own egos aside like it doesn't matter who you are as a pt it's not about you it's about your client mm -mm. and like you say it goes beyond gender it doesn't matter who they are it's just what they're doing and how they're doing it Ahi, would you like to add any other minor? Minor? <laughs> would you like to add the minor in the Mahans minus pot? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm just going to, we're going to change the name of the podcast to mainly minors and sometimes majors. Majors? Majors. Uh, no, uh, that, that is perfect. Uh, I really liked uh, everything you guys said. I liked it so much that I forgot to talk about our fake sponsor, Flirts, the self-folding shirt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> normally i try to do it in the middle of the topic but i i, I was just so engaged that i forgot about that so yeah if you are tired of folding your shirts look no further. <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> but, but mahan yes. in terms of the flirts do they self-fold or how, how does it work they self-fold yeah they they like they just fold themselves and then <laughs> they go into the wardrobe but we have like a Wallace and Gromit contraption. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, 
I just made this up and now it's something. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think with that, we can bring this to an end. Guys, any plugins, any, like, you know, our thousands of imaginary followers and fake sponsors, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, well, in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, in the gym when they reopen. When they reopen, exactly. <laughs> as much as I hate social media, um, you can follow me at SoSmart91 on Instagram, but mostly it's, like I say, I don't, I don't post for, um, uh, for, the sake of, for the sake of posting. I just post everyday stuff like my cat. Um, <laughs> you're in the background right now <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, videos of Marhan's funny socks when we train so <laughs> I wish I could say at least Instagram but I have stopped using Instagram since my last competition I think <laughs> so which means last year <laughs> so I mean yeah I would say for me at the moment just in the gym floor <laughs> at Charing Cross London <laughs> if anyone fancy a trip when they are uh, allowed again yeah Yes, I'm there. <laughs> uh, Caledonian Park, outdoor sessions, other than that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nathaniel uses LinkedIn. We can plug in your LinkedIn if you want. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I did that. And again, I left it there. That's but crazy. yeah. You have <laughs> LinkedIn? Yeah, I do. Wow. Actually. I mean, the picture the picture that you saw here on the like, ah. Zoom thing is actually from there. <laughs> ah. And with that, we're back into the minors. Thank you all for listening. Uh, ladies Lagering. what is wrong with me majoring in minus podcast we all love you so much if you enjoy listening to this podcast feel free to share it and tell other people or force them to listen to it uh with that uh i'm mahan and louis say bye and the work, and the work people and work. yeah work. <laughs> work. thank you for listening goodbye <laughs>